really when I say there's too much data, what I'm really saying is that we can do, do a lot better by identifying the use cases that are important to us and identifying the predictions that we might need to make to aid those use cases and then identifying the data sources that we should bring in to, to satisfy those needs. So rather than this like whole idea of like, we need all the data we can, rather it's getting together, understanding how these methods might be able to help with enabling the strategy that a health system has, and then going out and identifying the data sources and developing the models and things like that appropriately. Welcome to the Canopy IQ podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Chris Hemphill, Senior Director of Commercial Intelligence at Wobot Health and a leading voice in AI strategy in digital mental health. They're also an NYU McSilver Institute Fellow in Residence and a widely sought after speaker and panelist. In summary, Chris is a visionary in the truest sense of the word. Welcome, Chris. So the first time I got to see you present was at Smash back in 2021. For anyone unfamiliar with Smash, it's essentially the leading senior living sales and marketing conference in the US. And since those days, Chris has been on my radar pretty much constantly. You have been busy. It's not work if if you enjoy what you're doing and if you feel that there's a important need to 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 do stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to stay a little active, you know. You know, you once mentioned that health systems have gone from having a dearth of data to having too much data. So I'd love to have you elaborate on that perspective, especially as it pertains to the way AI can help us manage information flows and potentially avoid bottleneck. You know, so when I say too much data, what I'm really saying is that there is an overwhelming amount of stuff that's that's floating around that 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 people may or may not know how to interpret. So the concept of like let's take a an EMR system that has 95,000 different tables holding hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of, of different records of examples of times that people came in to address a care concern or pay a bill or, 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 or what have you. The scenario is that there's so many potential use cases there that might be ignored just because of teams that are overwhelmed by the amount of data that, that, that are available. Sometimes people have a perspective like, hey, let's collect all the data we can, put it in a data lake and, and, and somehow question, question, the step two, question mark, step three, profit, right? Rather than that kind of like just bring in, every, uh, bring in everything mentality, really when I say there's too much data, what I'm really saying is that we can do, do a lot better by identifying the use cases that are important to us and identifying the predictions that we might need to make to aid those use cases and then identifying the data sources that we should bring in to, to satisfy those needs. So rather than this like whole idea of like, we need all the data we can, rather it's getting together, understanding how these methods might be able to help with enabling the strategy that a health system has, and then going out and identifying the data sources and developing the models and th things like that appropriately. Right, right. Do you have any advice for digital marketers out there or even just folks who are having to analyze data specifically, um, what is you know what are the challenges that people are faced with these days? And I, know, I realize this is a very broad question, but if we can hone in on certain things, and I'm and I'm kind of going back to some of the information you shared at uh, Smash, which was really you know there's a danger in sort of over reliance on marketing dashboards, 
Yeah, there's a lot to chew on with that question because there there's so many different domains where we're using predictive methods to make decisions or generate text or images or uh, in the digital marketer and healthcare perspective, uh, you know, make predictions about the how how to form your audience. There's so much stuff out right. there. So yeah. everything for uh, goes back to the strategy that an organization might have. Let's say that an organization is is, is focused on engaging people with potential heart conditions in preventive care that will permit them to live a safer and happier life at home rather than showing up when that level of need has has become acute for, let's call it heart conditions. I think I said that earlier, but either way, yeah. either way. So now, so we, we have our overall strategy like that. That doesn't go away. We, we always want to start from the perspective of what's the organization trying to do? How are we trying to enable a better life for our patients? Then we work backwards from there. Well, the types of predictions that we'd want to make are who are the people that are most likely to, uh, have, the, to, to, to have these conditions or to show up in, in these emergency scenarios. So once we've identified what we want to predict from this AI system or mechanism, then we go back to a question of the types of data that we, we need to enable those predictions. Across that whole pipeline, we also want to ask questions about, well, based on the data sources that we have, like let's say that it's our primary uh, our, our primary data and based on the types of predictions that we're making, what are the biases that creep up uh, uh, within this? Like wh where is there an imbalance? Do we have a significantly higher white population than, than other races? And are the predictions that we have skewed based on that? And how do we adjust for that? So I like the idea of people starting from their business context ethical context of the problem that they're try trying to solve and then using data science to help fill that in. Today's Canopy IQ podcast is sponsored by Digital Alchemy, a digital marketing agency specializing in award-winning SEO and state-of-the-art website development. Learn more at godigitalalchemy.com. Yeah, I wanted to get into Wobot, and for the audience members who aren't familiar with it, first, if you could start, you know, by sharing what what Wobot Health is, how it originated, and really tackle some of the social issues that the company is meeting. Fantastic, uh, and appreciate the question. Wobot itself is a chatbot that's designed to help with mental health needs, especially in a time that, that, that you have needs where you might not be able to reach a clinician. There's many reasons you might not be able to reach clinicians. There are access issues. There are cost issues. There are all kinds of barriers. There's stigmatization, like uh, the, the feeling that something's wrong, but you don't want to uh, talk with somebody about it because of the fear of being judged. So all types of reasons that, that, that someone might not have that access to a, a clinician. This is a, uh, again, a chat bot. I, I capitalized bot because it is, I, I, like, I like to emphasize that you're not talking to a human in the background. I just want to make that, that very clear. It's trained on evidence-based principles around cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a branch of therapy that has a lot of evidence, a lot of backing, and also plays well to kind of automated scenarios like, like Wobot is able to offer. So it's using that body of, uh, of science to inform the types of conversations that it has 
with the user to help them with their their needs. Yeah, I think we're clearly in the middle of a mental health crisis. I mean, I you know the statistics around teenagers alone are are deeply troubling. We like to focus, you know, at Canopy IQ on, on really thinking about seniors, aging community, and how there's an interplay uh, between age tech and and ways to alleviate some of the challenges that they're facing. You know, 10,000 to 11,000 seniors retire every single day. Some of them are going to move into communities where they have the good fortune of interacting with their peers. But literally tens of millions of others are aging in place and they're gonna face years of social and physical isolation. You shared an article from Taft Parsons that I'd like to reference. So Mr. Parsons is the chief psychiatric officer for CVS Health, and he stated, and I quote, there's also the isolation and loneliness that can come with age, which can have significant adverse effects on mental and physical health. It's a powerful statement. I like the fact that he, oh, much respect to, doc, uh, to Dr. Taft, by the way, and thank you for that. And, and I, I like the uh, ongoing continued conversation that as we start to unlift the veil and destigmatize certain areas of, of mental health, we're starting to acknowledge the impact that it has on the whole person perspective. In that quote, he bridges the he bridges a gap between mental health and physical health, and there is there there are bodies of of work and studies around addressing mental health issues in or in or closer to primary care settings or alongside things like diabetes management that show that uh, you you drive better outcomes for those physical health issues by addressing the uh, unaddressed mental health concerns. I'd love to share some of your content with our audience. So you've got something called the Meeting of the Minds podcast series. What are you up to in terms of the content space? Where can people find your uh, content? And what's what's going on with you for the remainder of this year? The content space is super fun to me. Like when I started at Wobot uh, last year in 2022, I thought, you know, like I was doing a podcast with the previous company I worked for, Actium Health. And I thought, gosh, I, want, I just want to focus on data science 100% and not produce content. Like, you know, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And you just read the name of the podcast, Meeting of the Minds, that, that eventually started coming out of Wobot. So I feel like anybody who is in the audience and, and getting into content production, just letting you know that if you stick with it for a few months or a couple of years, you'll never get out of it. You'll, it'll, it'll, it'll always come back to you, just letting you know. Yeah, the, the remainder of the year, meet, Meeting of the Minds is, is a series that we have that focuses on the intersection of healthcare strategy, digital health, and mental health. The basic idea is that there's an overwhelming amount of regulation, uh, mm -hmm. innovation, all kinds of things happening. And uh, I just want to, like, we, we just want to help people get a good footing on where they might be able to start on issues around things like value-based care, coordinated right. care, bring uh, behavioral health integration, just help with, with, with ideas on, on where to start by talking to, to folks who are out there doing the moving and shaking, people that I'm very honored to talk to. Yeah, just just use those conversations to get some thinking going. Meeting of the and as far as availability, uh, right now Meeting of the Minds is on uh, YouTube. So it's, it's available as a YouTube podcast. So if you go to uh, Wobot Health's YouTube channel, then you can go to our podcast section and uh, see all the episodes. Terrific.
Okay, without giving up any secret sauce, are there AI content tools that you use and would like to share with our audience? Well, how about stuff that's outside of work but easily accessible that like you don't have to know know how to how to code to use it? Uh, yeah. From a design perspective, Canva is a really good uh, a, a good show of like a consumer grade tool that brings in things like image generation and uh, computer vision and things like that to make it really easy to design presentations and thumbnails and stuff like that. So I just really like what that company is, ha has been doing to prevent people from needing Photoshop and at the same time, like generating images with, uh, uh, within it. Like, let's say that you can't find what you need off of the typical stock photo rounds. Within that platform, you can, you can play around and, and generate some, some images from that. Let's have some more fun with this. With ChatGPT, which everybody knows about, some portion of the audience might know, might have heard about this internal memo that came from Google, where they said, well, we don't really have a competitive advantage versus the uh, open source community. So that's something that I would like for people to uh, keep an eye on is basically open source versions of what well, we know, OpenAI, ChatGPT, but they're actually very, like right. they're called OpenAI, but they're very closed. They're not transparent. But mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, you have a, a growing open source community that is uh, creating tools that I would say that, that, that they don't necessarily perform uh, at par with uh, ChatGPT right now in, in terms of like getting what you want out of the model and interrogating it. But just keep an eye on things like Hugging Face. Like uh, they're, they're, they just released something Hugging Chat, very consumer grade, very easy to use. So I, I just like for people to keep an eye on things and tinker cautiously. There's one thing that I would hope that that people can do after this is uh, is to read a paper uh, called "On the Dangers of Stochastic Parrots" by Dr. Margaret Mitchell, Emily, B Dr. Emily Bender, and Dr. Timothy Gebru. That paper came out back in 2021, but when you it, when you read it, it it, ta it it basically talks about the dangers of large language models uh, being used in an unchecked manner and. Uh, the dangers of how people perceive their outputs because a, a major component, like when I, when I said tinker cautiously, it's right. understanding what you're doing and the, the background behind uh, behind what's actually happening with these models to inform how you use the content that comes out of them. So that's a, a, a paper that I, it's, it's written in an accessible way. It's not uh, for data scientists only. And I, I just think that they did a really good job in outlining some of the, the uh, some of the dangers. And they did they didn't write this as like some sort of prescient thing. They weren't they weren't intending to make a prediction. They were intending to stop a potential problem. But when you're reading it, it will feel like predictions have been made. Dr. Gabru, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. She was with Google, right? That's correct. And now you're getting deeper into my pessimism about these uh, uh, the, the, like. When, when you when you when you have these uh, I guess these big wig groups getting together like oh it's the, uh, the these these major leaders and heads of state or or what have you I have no idea but it seems like those people target like chief executive officers of large entrenched companies to uh, lean on for advice so when it comes to like uh, a company like. Like if, if they're if they're if they're getting their advice on ethics and safety from Google, who fired uh, 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 Dr. Timney and, and other people that were involved with uh, creating a paper that highlighted the very ethical issues and challenges that uh, that we're dealing with today. I'm like, 
man, I hear about these people. I'm like, I, t- I take it with a massive grain of salt until I've yeah. really yeah. inspected what, what what the context is and who is in that room. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think the I think for me, the key takeaway is be wary of clickbait, do the research, be open minded about it. I tend to think of these platforms as force multipliers, at least in marketing. I see great value there. And uh, I, for one, I'm fascinated and thrilled by the future unfolding in front of us. Hey, Chris, such a pleasure to have you on. You're just a brilliant guy and you're super accessible. I've always thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. So I appreciate the time. I know you're in real demand. Um, Everybody wants to talk to you. So it means a lot that you stopped by and shared your insights with our audience. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canopy IQ podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get notified when new episodes release and learn more by visiting canopyadco.com.